Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of May 11, 2019. Sound Prince is just about to turn 17 years old. On May 13, 2002, the first Sound Prince program aired on WKJK 1080 AM in Louisville. The show was an hour of live talk, and it continued with that format until May of 2013. From 2013 until now, Sound Prince has been a pre-recorded program available on CD and as a podcast from the iTunes Store and from the KCB website at kentucky-acb.org. We've also been on ACB Radio Mainstream on Sunday nights and Mondays since about 2006. The following announcement is from Clark Rackville, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs from the ACB National Office in Alexandria, Virginia. Clark says, There are continued efforts underway to weaken the protections of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, and the mechanisms available for recourse to people with disabilities. Last Congress, these efforts occurred on the national level in the form of H.R. 620, the ADA Notification Act, which would have required notifying an entity that they were in violation of the ADA and allowing time for mediation before a person with a disability could legally act to protect their civil rights. This bill, H.R. 620, caught many in the disability community by surprise last Congress, and we are all working hard to educate members of Congress so there is no chance of passage in the 116th Congress. As a result, we are now witnessing efforts to weaken the ADA on the state level. The Virginia State Legislature passed a bill that would have required citizens to wait four months after notifying a business of an ADA violation before pursuing a legal remedy. Only a governor's veto prevented this legislation from becoming law. ACB believes that being law for nearly 30 years is all the notification that entities need regarding the ADA. If you are aware of notification legislation in your state to weaken the ADA, please let us know at advocacy, A-D-V-O-C-A-C-Y, at A-C-B dot O-R-G. Or you can call Clark at the ACB office at 202-467-5081. Next is an article that was posted on the ACB leadership list on May 10, and it will be of particular interest to those of you who like video games. Microsoft designs an Xbox controller with Braille. Microsoft is clearly invested in adaptive gaming controllers. Its Xbox adaptive controller for Xbox One and PC was the star of its latest Super Bowl ad. The company spent more than a year designing accessible packaging, and it recently teamed up with the Department of Veterans Affairs to bring Xbox adaptive controllers to rehabilitation centers across the U.S. Now it looks like Microsoft could be working on a controller for blind and visually impaired gamers. The company filed a patent application for a controller with Braille inputs and outputs. The patent drawings look similar to the current Xbox One controller with the addition of paddles along the bottom 
that would allow players to enter text or commands via Braille. The paddles would also vibrate to provide outputs in Braille. Those might, for instance, communicate what's happening on the screen or relay text conversations. The patent also mentions a Braille accessory that might be removable and could provide additional Braille input and output capabilities. In the drawings, that accessory appears to be a small rectangular patch on the back of the device. Of course, this is only a patent application. There is no guarantee Microsoft will ever fully develop the device, but it would be a novel and likely welcome product. At the very least, this shows Microsoft isn't done dreaming up adaptive controllers. Jonathan McCarty, host of the John and Paul Sports Show on ACB Radio Mainstream, started a new job here in Louisville several weeks ago, and it's been going really well. It's not your usual job for a blind person, but John and his guide dog Goldie are handling it very well. And since John loves sports, and this job is at the Slugger Field at every home game of our AAA Louisville Bats baseball team, it's perfect for a sports enthusiast. John tells us about his new job and also chats about his show on ACB Radio on page 2. The Kentucky School for the Blind first opened its doors on May 9, 1842. Founders Day was celebrated at the school this past Thursday, May 9, and we're bringing you several segments of the program on page 3. The opening piano music is played by Michael Davis, a senior at the school. The program includes the Junior Ring Ceremony, and Michael Davis gives a brief history of rings. Then, Athletic Director Jessica Belcher gives a... History of Sports at KSB, and finally, Adam Rushevel, President of the KSB Alumni Association, presents the Paul J. Langan Award to Paula Penrod, Manager of the Kentucky Instructional Materials Resource Center at the school. And on page four is the Sound Prince calendar. Page two. I'm speaking today with Jonathan McCarty, who's a 2013 graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind. Jonathan is a member of the KCB Board of Directors and also uh, a third vice president of the Kentucky School for the Blind alumni. We're going to be speaking with him today about an interesting job that he has just begun uh, at the Louisville Bats. So welcome to Sound Prince, Jonathan. It's good to be back on. It's been a minute. Yes, it has. Uh, Jonathan, you have started a new job at the Louisville Bats, and you've been there for a little while, and it's working out real well. And I thought it would be interesting to let others know about it because it's a, it's a little bit unusual. So tell us about this new, new job that uh, would be especially fun if you're a baseball fan. Yeah, and I'm, my technical title is a game night intern. Uh, so, basically, I assist in different activities or functions that are going on during each home game. So, um, it was kind of interesting when I got hired. Didn't know exactly what I would be doing. Um, they didn't know exactly what I would be doing. Uh, they didn't know exactly where to put me at first. But, uh, luckily, I have a supervisor who's uh, open-minded and... Uh, uh, let me try out a number of different places, and I work in the information booth, uh, which is behind home plate, the main concourse. Uh, 
uh, of Slugger Field, and uh, I'm there throughout the game to answer questions uh, from fans in the stadium, but also answer the phone for those who are still coming to the game or uh, might be coming to other games. And uh, uh, we sell programs and different stuff like that. I also uh, work behind the kiosks, which is uh, behind Section 115. And uh, there we hand out different promotional material that uh, people may have purchased with a ticket. Um, so a hat or a bobblehead, uh, different things like that. Oh, like if you're one of the first 100 people or 500 people or whatever that show up, you get a free whatever, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. And uh, or if you're, there's a ticket package called a Grand Slam ticket package, and uh, it comes with a program uh, and a hot dog voucher and a drink voucher and uh, your choice of a hat or a bobblehead. So. You have one of those ticket packages. You go there as well to get those items. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes I'm also at the kids' carousel, which uh, is accessible to run. It just runs with two buttons and a key, so now, it's pretty easy. When you're running the carousel, mm -hmm. do you have problems with making sure that you know the kids are sitting down or they're not trying to do something stupid on the carousel uh, or whatever? Or do you have do you work with someone else that you know, kind of make sure that kids are behaving, you know, because kids are kids. Yeah. So we always work in pairs of two. Ah. Um, so no matter what I'm doing, and that's for everybody, not just me, but uh, um, everybody works with a partner. And uh, so uh, whatever I am unable to do or unable to see, uh, my uh, person who's with me will uh, do those things. Uh, so... I usually have that person collects the money, and uh, they'll go around and make sure all the kids are seated, and then I'll start the ride and then stop it when it's uh, over. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it sounds like a fun job. It sounds like you're uh, moving around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, every now and then I'm even in the suite lobby where the air conditioning is. So, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, that'll be fun when it's August. <laughs> Yeah. So. Uh, so, it, it's a good job. The interns, you know, if you intern for a couple of years, a lot of times, uh, leads into full time positions. So, that's mm -hmm. uh, kind of what I'm hoping for. Mm -hmm. So you work between now and the end of the baseball season, uh, which is what in early September. Louisville bats is Triple A, um, so their season ends the first or second of September while the major league season goes till the end of September. Okay. All right. And then do they have other things at the park, other times that you work, or is is this strictly with the bats? This is strictly with the bats. Now, Louisville FC, which is our uh, new uh, soccer team in town, uh, they also – uh, share Slugger Field, and most of their stuff's in the winter. So uh, I'm looking into trying to do something similar with them um, uh, during the winter. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, this job specifically with the bats. Mm -hmm. Well, but, you know, if, if this is successful, and it sounds like it is being successful, because you've been there, what, two or three weeks now, something like uh, that? Almost a month. Okay. And uh, and if it really wasn't 
going to work. You'd probably know by now um, because there's been a lot of home games uh, at the you know up to this point. You you worked uh, didn't you work Thunder of Louisville uh, Thunder over Louisville? Didn't you work that day? I did. Uh, very busy. Yeah. Um, people that are listening to Sound Prince may not know about Thunder. Uh, tell tell us about that. That would have been a very different experience that day from just a normal game. Yeah, so the game itself was from about 2 to 5 in the afternoon, but uh, anyone who worked for the Bats had to be there at 11 a.m. because uh, on Thunder, you get a choice of buying an all-day pass, which allows you to move in and out of the ballpark all day as long as you have a specific colored wristband on you're allowed in and out of the gate all day uh, you don't have to pay to get back in so uh, most of what I did all day thunder was put wristbands on people uh, and uh, after about eight hours of that your thumbs start getting very sore yeah. but uh uh, it uh, it was a, it was a different experience for sure. And uh, after the game, they allow people once uh, the players get off the field, they make sure everything's you know safe. They allow the fans on the field. Uh, they can bring blankets and stuff and lay down on the field and watch the fireworks uh, when Thunder Over Louisville starts. Yeah, and that's about 9:30 at night when it's getting dark, just yeah. just right after dark. And uh, so so you were there then. I guess until after Thunder was over, right? I actually was one of the lucky few who got to go home a little early. Uh-huh. I was out of there at 8 oh. um, uh, before the fireworks. I also have a guide dog, and uh, she was not a fan of the jets that were leaving Louisville uh, Airport. Uh, they were coming right over top of the stadium, and uh, they were very loud. And uh, so she got pretty scared. I'm part but, of the air show, too. Uh, she actually didn't mind the air show because they weren't directly over the stadium. Mm-hmm. But when they left, they mm-hmm. were coming right over the stadium. And um, they were loud for me, so I'm sure they were loud for her. Oh, yeah. She started getting scared. Yes. So I thought it was best that we go ahead and head out a little early. Yeah, where we are, we got a lot of those flight patterns on Friday while they were coming in and practicing. And... Not so much on Saturday. It was interesting. We had less airplane noise on Saturday than we did on Friday. But, boy, they can they really are. They, I mean, they are huge. And a lot of the military planes and things are just enormous. Yeah. So, um, well, that, that had to be, that was, was interesting and, and very different. For those who are not familiar with Thunder Over Louisville, that is the... I guess the official beginning, or at least um, probably one of the very first of our Derby Festival events, and it happens usually three weeks before Derby. But mm-hmm. let's see, this week wasn't it two weeks before because of Easter, um, um, or was it three? Like it may have been the reverse. Three. Anyway, um, but it's it's a um, a giant fireworks display usually there's an air show and people are down on the river 
all day. I mean, they they get down there starting in the morning, and they they're down there all day long. You wouldn't catch me down there in that crowd, but they will have you know what five hundred, seven hundred thousand people down there on both sides of the river and where the stadium is the little bat stadium is an ideal spot for watching thunder over louisville and kind of staying out of some of that crowd a little bit it's not quite downtown buy a game ticket you get a seat Mm -hmm. so uh, if you buy uh, the ticket package where you get on the field you get a nice you know spot on the field so it's a it's a good deal it keeps you keeps most of the crowd at least away from you they're you know not everybody's on top of everybody uh, right uh, at slugger field so yeah yeah now you go outside of the stadium <laughs> yeah. that's a different story because it everything is crowded there are several venues like that in the downtown or near downtown area that that do things along those lines the Louisville Science Center, I think, is one. The Galt House is one that you can go and and watch thunder from specific areas within those facilities. Um, But, of course, those are indoors. And the neat thing about the bats thing is you're outdoors, providing it's not pouring down rain or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're outdoors and, and, you know, you're outside having a good time, but you're not in that huge throng of people that are in waterfront park so um it's it's a fun activity and uh but boy i can't imagine working seven or eight hours of thunder that that would be that's that's just almost more than the mind can stand yeah 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 and you're uh standing that whole eight hours just as people come in the door slap a wrist bracelet on them move on to the next person i probably put Close to four to five hundred wristbands on people that day. So, oh my goodness! Well, uh, it was it was a busy day. Yes, yes. So, well, I'm glad you're enjoying that job. Uh, while I've got you on the phone, uh, promote your sports show a little bit. Tell us about the John and Paul show. Yeah, so we do a sports show every Friday night, um, and uh, on the RadioStorm.com and ACB Radio Mainstream, and uh, we're there every Friday night from 7 to 8 p.m., and uh, we talk about anything and everything sports. Uh, So uh, we cover the Olympics when they happen, uh, different uh, sports as far as uh, blind schools go. We'll talk about that from time to time, and your uh, major sports everybody else knows about, the NBA, college football, and basketball. Uh, so uh, we pretty much cover everything. Uh, I don't know if there's a sport we haven't touched on at least once. So, John, you've uh, been doing that show since you were in high school. Yes, uh, 2011. I was a junior in high school when we first started uh, that show. So eight years. Eight years. Oh my goodness. Well, it it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but here we are. You know, we, it it seems it's the same way with us and sound prints. Uh, this is airing on uh, Sunday, May 12, and actually that's an anniversary show for us because we began Sound Prince on May 13 in 2002, yeah. and it sure doesn't seem like it's been going on that long either, but um, I'm telling you that it sure does, it especially doesn't seem like it's been eight years for the John and Paul show, no. so, but... 
it's always good. We tune in every now and then. Of course, that's right in the middle of, of Roundabout with GLCB, and we're usually making a lot of noise at that point. But anytime we tune in, I mean, you all have a, a lot to talk about and are very up-to-date. And anybody that's into sports want to be sure and make an effort to hear that. So um, you can pick it up on ACB Radio Mainstream just by um, listening, going to ACB Radio Mainstream on the um, Alexa app, or um, you can also listen at acbradio.org slash mainstream, uh, or on the phone is another way that you can listen, same way you listen to sound prints on the phone, 605-475-8130. had to stop and think about that phone number for a minute. Um, and then also on the Radio Storm, and, and you can pick that up on TuneIn, right, John? So you just uh, tell uh, your favorite friend over there on the Echo to say um, play radiostorm.com on TuneIn. Is yeah, that play radiostorm.com on TuneIn and uh, she'll pull it up. Yes, yeah. And, of course, you can get to it through just the TuneIn app as well. Mm-hmm. So, well, we appreciate you being on Soundprints today and certainly wish you continued success with that job at the bats game that's really good and um you know that'll be running out just about the time you're going back to school this fall so that ought to work well into the schedule as well yeah so so, um well thank you so much and appreciate all the help no problem page three
on the ring finger of your right hand. At first, it is, it is customary to wear your ring with the name of your school facing yourself. Yeah. On graduation day, after you switch the tassel on your graduation cap to the other side, you should turn your ring around so that it is facing outward. This is this is an identification to the outside world that you have graduated high school. According to tradition, it is good luck to have your friends, relatives, and family members rotate the class ring on your finger in a clockwise direction. One rotation should be completed for each number in your graduation graduating year. Therefore, you will rotate your ring 20 times. The last person, the last person to turn your ring should turn it counterclockwise, thereby locking your ring in a good luck hand forevermore. Thus, the last person to rotate your ring should be very special. Special. So choose wisely. Congratulations, class of 2020. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Will the junior ring recipients please rise when I call your name? Zachary Abercrombie. Logan Armstrong. Nicole Arnett. Kaylee Colgate. Jasmine Johnson. I now present the ring recipients of the class of 2020. Let's please congratulate them with a round of applause. I would like to now please welcome Jessica Belcher, the KSD Athletic Director, to the podium. Good afternoon, staff, students, alumni, and guests. We are so honored to have you join us for this 177th Founders Day celebration. It is my honor and privilege to be standing before you today to bring recognition to the storied tradition of the KSV Athletic Program, specifically in such a banner year as this one for KSV Athletics. The athletic program offers students across the state an opportunity to participate in athletic programs adapted for students who are blind or visually impaired. Students in grades seven through 12 or 14 or over are able to participate at the varsity level in track, goalball, wrestling, cheerleading, swimming, and forensics. They compete at invitational day and weekend meets and in four conference tournaments each year. Students in grades K through six or 13 and younger may participate at the junior varsity level in programs for track, goalball, wrestling, cheerleading, and swimming. Each fall, we have the distinct pleasure of hosting the annual Bill Roby Track and Field Games. This junior varsity event unites students from Indiana, Ohio, and Tennessee Schools for the Blind, KSB, Visually Impaired Preschool Services, and Jefferson and surrounding counties 
to participate and show their talents and skills in both track and field events. The celebration has taken place for 42 years, previously known as the Junior Olympics until 2007, when it was renamed in honor of the late Bill Roby Sr., a longtime supporter of Kentucky School for the Blind. Each spring, junior varsity athletes get the opportunity to participate in the annual Little NCs Tournament, which unites teams from Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky schools for the blind. We look forward to hosting the 12th annual Bill Roby Games in October and the Little NCs Junior Varsity Tournament in March of 2020. KSB is a member of the North Central Association for Schools of the Blind, or as we like to call it, the NCASB. There are currently 12 member schools, including Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Minnesota, Missouri, Ohio, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Wisconsin. The Kentucky School for the Blind has been a member organization of the NCASB since its establishment in 1956. The KSB athletic program is a rich and storied history of triumphs, champions, and firsts. Today, we would like to take time to highlight some noteworthy moments throughout the history of KSB athletics. In 1905, KSB offered outdoor sports for boys, which included two baseball nines, a track and field team, and a football team that played against teams from sighted schools. In 1946, Paul Lehman founded the KSB Wrestling Program, which was the first wrestling program in the state of Kentucky. Since its inception in 1946, the Varsity Wrestling Program has won 13 NCASB conference championships and placed within the top three eight other times. The most decorated era of KSB wrestling came in the 1960s with five state champion wrestlers, Larry Crow, Danny Dickerson, Adam Rushel, Jim Whitehouse, and James Earl Harden, three NCASB conference championships, one Kentucky State runner-up team title, and the 1996 Kentucky State Championship Varsity Wrestling Team, which had the most decorated wrestler in KSB history, James Earl Harden. James Earl Harden is still ranked as one of the top wrestlers in the state of Kentucky and the NCASB Conference. During his wrestling career, James won four individual state championship titles, a feat that has only been accomplished by a few other wrestlers since 1967, and two Kentucky State Most Outstanding Wrestling titles in 1965 and 66. He won six NCASB Individual Conference titles, which has only been accomplished by two other wrestlers. He, has never, he was never beat in conference matches, and during his senior year at KSB, James was never scored on by wrestlers from public schools or schools for the blind. 
From the mid-1970s to the mid-2000s, the KSB athletic program hosted the Kentucky Bluegrass Invitational, which in its prime was one of the largest swimming meets in the nation. This invitational precipitated the inclusion of swimming into the NCASB conference as a recognized sport. In 1972, the Paul Langdon Gymnasium was built on the KSB campus. Since the establishment of the NCASB in 1956, KSB has won 46 conference championships, two in boys' go ball, nine in boys' track, five in girls' swimming, 13 in wrestling, and 15 in cheerleading. So for those of you keeping score, you'll note that I've only accounted for 44 of our 46 championships. 44 championships that bring us to the present day. In the 2018-19 school year, a total of 26 student athletes represented KSV throughout various tournaments. The 2018 girls track team participants are Nicole Arnett, Jasmine Johnson, Jolene O'Connell, Riley Seif, Taryn Seif, Gracie Smith, and Sophia Thompson. Coached by head coach, Crystal Johnson, and assistant coach, Melissa Fisher. The varsity girls track team finished first in the conference, which is the first girls track conference championship in the history of KSV athletics. Join me in congratulating the 2018 varsity track program. The 2019 varsity cheerleading team participants are Hayden Ashley, Nicole Arnett, Addison Evers, Lex Ferguson, Corbin Grable, Leanna Lewis, Jonte Moore, Nick Runyon, Riley Seif, Gracie Smith, and Sophia Thompson. They were coached by head coach Crystal Johnson and assistant coach Melissa Evers. The varsity, the varsity cheer squad placed first overall, bringing home the first cheerleading conference championship since 2000. None of our current cheerleaders were born the last time we won a conference championship. We would also like to know that Senior Corbin Grable was awarded NCASB Outstanding Cheerleader and Sophomore Lex Ferguson was awarded NCASB's Outstanding Mascot. Join me in congratulating the varsity wrestling and cheerleading teams in their the KSC athletic program is such a rich and storied history that's left its mark on many of us in this room today. If you are a former athlete, coach of the KSC athletic team, please stand. Join me in celebrating those that have helped pave the way. Thank you for making KSC athletics the program it is today and ensuring it will continue to impact students, staff, alumni, and the community for generations to come. Please welcome Chief Academic Officer Mike Coffey for a special awards presentation. Good afternoon. Uh, I get to present or start off the, uh, for the Langan Awards, considered the most prestigious award at Kentucky School for the Blind. It was established in 1992 as part of the 150th anniversary celebration. 
and it's dedicated to former superintendent, who you heard mentioned, uh, Paul J. Lang. He was known for his outstanding service and constructive leadership. Langley's innovative approach to education established a foundation that continues today at KSB. Innovation can be groundbreaking when first introduced, but then become the norm as time goes on. Now I'm going to need help from some of you all for this part because younger ones, you won't be able to do this part, trust me. But if when I mention these things, if you first remember these, you need to say, that's me. <laughs> How many of you remember the first time that new invention came out called the microwave oven? That's me. <laughs> How many of you remember a Sony Walkman when it first came out? Ooh, that's me. Remote control for a TV. You didn't have to get up and walk and change the channel. That's me. Or this new way of communicating with others called email. That's me. In the 1980s, uh, in mid-1980s, my five-foot-four neighbor who sold gardening supplies had the first cell phone I had ever seen. I thought he was James Bond. My goodness, how can you talk and you're not inside a house? Well, so often what happens is um, items that we become common in our daily lives at one point were very innovative. And Mr. Langan, innovation at KSB, we might think of as common now. It's part of what we do every day here. But it was groundbreaking when it was first introduced. His innovations are now what we consider the expectation. Some of Mr. Langley's innovations are, number one, alumni. In 1945, the KSB Alumni Association was organized. You heard this a second ago. Second one, athletics. The wrestling team was established. Our physical education program were upgraded, and schools for the blind conference affiliations were established. Third, student voice. The Kentucky Colonel, a student magazine written by students and published three times a year, was started and continued for 50 years. Student Choice. Students were sent out to public schools, Yale and Atherton, and some of those students received a diploma at both KSD and the public school. Student Life. Dormitories for the older students were built. A new gym was added on to an already existing structure, and the entire building today is known as our rec center. Athletics, an exchange program for a group of KSB students to travel to other schools for the blind once a year to participate in activities over a weekend. This would later become the cheerleading competition, which we won this year. <laughs> Orientation and mobility, Mr. L. P. Hauser, was hired to bring orientation mobility and the newly developed use of white canes to KSB. Student life. Dances and other social activities were held, which allowed for girls and boys to interact other than in classrooms. Until then, boys and girls were kept strictly segregated. And number nine, social justice. In 1954, after the Brown versus Kansas Board of Education Supreme Court decision was handed down, permitting integration, KSB immediately united the Kentucky School for Blind African American Students with the white students at KSB. This school integration is believed to be the first in Kentucky. Each of these innovations are now expectations and part of our daily life at KSB. The Langan Award recognizes those among us who are working each day to make current innovations commonplace for future generations. It's my honor to introduce Adam Rushing for 2017 
Lanyon Award recipient for the next step. I would thank you, Mr. Coffee, and uh, congratulations to all the uh, recipients today. I hope uh, that this is a wonderful day for everybody. We have a wonderful audience, special guest, and honored guest up here on the stage. Uh, this is a truly historic day because we talk about the history of the Kentucky School of the Black, and that's something that's always been of interest to me. I was very fortunate in that I was a student first three years that I was at the School for the Blind. And in fact, uh, when I was in grade school, one of my classrooms was only about 25 feet away from Mr. Langan's office. So uh, I go back that far, but it, it's really special to me because I did know him. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to nominate Paula Penrod for the 2019 Paul J. Flying Award. The award recognizes a person who is connected with the blind community through his or her employment, or individual personal efforts, and volunteer civic endeavors. Now I've known Paula Penrod for nearly 25 years, and by the way, I've also known her husband Larry for that long as well, about longer. And so that's really great for me. Uh, I believe that Paula clearly meets the criteria and the standards that are required for the award. Paula has done an excellent job in her various positions at the Kentucky School for the Blind and at her earlier career at the American Printing House for the Blind. As currently, she is the manager of the Kentucky Instructional Materials Resource Center, and uh, she distributes braille and large print books and educational equipment and materials every year to hundreds upon hundreds of blind and visually impaired children throughout Kentucky. And through her numerous work tasks, including sharing committees, preparing informational and documents uh, and press releases, and uh, in maintaining relevant historical materials, Paula makes it possible for staff uh, who are sighted and uh, visually impaired alumni and the community at large to be involved and to inform about what is going on. Now, Paula does the same outside of her employment by being involved with neighborhood activities in the Clifton area and being involved with organizations such as the Kentucky Chapter of the Association for the Education and Rehabilitation of the Blind and Visually Impaired. Now, Paula has outstanding knowledge of and very good relationships with KSP co-workers, current and former KSP students, and people in the community, whether blind or not. Also, I want to say that uh, I've been president of the KSP alumni from time to time 
Uh, I currently am, and Paula has always worked with us uh, to uh, make our organization relevant and to keep the history of the school uh, by means of former students involved. Uh, whenever I've needed information about uh, different organizations and that sort of thing, she's always been helpful. Uh, she's kept us informed, as I said in our letter. And so today, it gives me a very personal and great deal of pleasure to be able to present a plaque to Paula for the Paul J. Langan Award. I want to thank everybody for this honor, and truly it is an honor, because I've had the privilege, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the many, many mentors in this field. Beginning at the American Printing House for the Blind, I work with wonderful people. I got an opportunity to see what education for the blind and visually impaired across the United States should look like. I saw stellar programs, I saw struggling programs. I met a lot of individuals who used their products and saw firsthand what education could do. It's been an extreme privilege. I know my first experience with the Kentucky School for the Blind is I come to apply for a job. That's when Will Evans was the superintendent. I went to his office and he said, I think you'd do well at the American Printing House for the Blind. So I took his advice when I went over there and I worked for 11 years. During that time, Will retired and went to the American Printing House for the Blind. And I got an opportunity to work side by side with Will. Now it wasn't too long, he said, you know, I think you'd do well if you went to the Kentucky School for the Blind. And you know, that was sage advice. That was wonderful advice. Uh, it was right on time. I also want to thank my family, my husband Larry, who has been a great supporter. He too loves the school and has worked here and uh, loves the students, the staff, and um, what the School for the Blind stands for. So again, thank you everyone. I appreciate the co-workers every day that I come to work. You make my life better and more enriched. Thank you. Now at this time, I'd like to uh, present a a tree uh, to Mrs. Penrod as a lasting reminder for her uh, dedication and her efforts to support the school. Uh, the type of tree that we're going to plant is a Robinson crab apple, right? and we're going to plant it right uh, up by the uh, uh, amphitheater. So if you, if you, uh, if you would like, uh, come with me, and uh, we'll plant the tree at this time. Page 4. The Sound Prince Calendar. On Tuesday, May 14, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have a meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. Mark your calendars and plan to join them for ice cream and fun activities at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call 270-684-4418 or 
686-8689 for more information. On May 14, the Savvy Board will meet at 7 p.m. Central on the conference line at 669-900-6833. The code is 3572-595-193. On May 17, the Greater Louisville Roundabout includes education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion time 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, games, crafts, and possibly music from 7 to 9.30 p.m. Contact the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598 for more information or to sign up. On May 18, there will be a tour of Cave Hill Cemetery. This will be a walking tour and it is sponsored by the APH Museum from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Several individuals connected with the early history of the Kentucky School for the Blind and the American Printing House for the Blind are buried at Cave Hill. We'll visit their grave sites and tell their stories. Limited transportation from APH to Cave Hill Cemetery is included. The event is free, but registration is required. Call the APH Museum at 502-899-2213 for more information and to sign up. On May 19, the KSB Alumni Board will hold its meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. On May 19, KCB Next Generation will hold a monthly meeting at 8 p.m. by phone. This is its regularly monthly chapter meeting, but was rescheduled due to Mother's Day. The number is 669-900-6833, intracode 3572-595-193. On May 20, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its board meeting. At 8 p.m., dial 669-900-6833 and intracode 3572-595-193. On May 21 will be KSB graduation at 6.30 p.m. at the Kentucky School for the Blind in the Ritchie Auditorium. The address is 1867 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, contact the school at 502-897-1583. May 22 is the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Peer Support Group Meeting. From 12 to 2 p.m., BCB member Lion Pat Ryan will share information about the Lions Diabetes Project at the BCB office 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834. On May 23, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its second support group meeting of the month. From 1.30 to 3.30 p.m., this is a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or who have had vision loss for several years at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On May 24 is another GLCB roundabout, education and technology from 3.30 to 5, tip sheet 5 to 5.30, page turners 
530-6, Tri-State Library Users Meeting during dinner from 6 to 7, KCB Next Generation Activity, Games and Crafts, all beginning at 7 p.m. and ending by 9.30. At the United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. May 25, ACB Next Generation will hold its Saturday night live hangout at 8 p.m. by phone. ACB members and individuals under the age of 40 are invited to join this nationwide Saturday night chat focusing on a designated topic. For more information, contact Amanda Selm at 502-750-1774 or email her at alsmoot, S-M-O-O-T, 87, at gmail.com. The phone number for the chat is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On May 26, ACB Families will have its next peer support group meeting at 9 p.m. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On Monday, May 27, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its membership call at 7 p.m. The phone number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On May 27, Savvy will hold its Budget Committee meeting at 8 p.m. Central Time at 669-900-6833. The code is 3572-595-193. On May 28, ACB Next Generation will have its nationwide Organizational Development Committee Conference Call. It will be at 8 p.m. and the call is open to anyone 40 years and under from throughout the country. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. On May 31 will be the last GLCB roundabout of the month. Education and Technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, games and fun from 7 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. Looking ahead to July, from July 5 to July 12, the 58th Annual ACB Conference and Convention will take place in Rochester, New York, and will be filled with exhibits, workshops, programs, tours, and many fun activities. Convention hotels include the Hyatt Regency Rochester and the Rochester Riverside Hotels. Events will take place in both hotels, and the general sessions and exhibits will be in the convention center. All are located very close to each other. Room rates at both hotels are $89 per night, single or double occupancy, Additional $10 per person for up to four people in the room. This rate does not include the 14% tax. Telephone reservations can be made by calling the Riverside at 585-546-6400 or the Hyatt at 800-223-1234. 
Please note, if you are a KCB member attending the ACB convention in Rochester, please do not contact the hotel directly for room reservations. Instead, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. If calling the hotel for reservations, mention that you are with the American Council of the Blind 2019 convention. Rooms must be booked by June 7, 2019 to guarantee the convention rate. Pre-registration will open May 22 through June 23. Open to ACB members only May 22 to May 26. For more information about the convention, visit https colon slash slash acbconvention.org. July 26 and 27 is the Kentucky School for the Blind 74th Annual Alumni Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. More details will be posted very soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.